Welcome to today's Word of Mom Radio here on the Word of Mom Media Network. I'm your host, Dory DiCarlo, and you know we are here week after week, show after show, breaking those myths that mompreneurs and businesswomen, especially those of us building our businesses from home, that you know we're just dabbling in between bake sales and getting our nails done. We're not. We are smart, we are savvy, and we are sharing the wisdom of women in business and in life. I'm looking forward to introducing you to today's guest. Anya Khan is the CEO of Rise Visible. With 24 years in the field, she is a highly sought-after digital marketer, strategist, and public speaker. Anya is also an internationally recognized and awarded artist, photographer, and author who has shown in over 300 exhibitions in over 10 countries at places such as the San Diego Art Institute, IMOCA, and the St. Louis Art Museum. She founded Create for Healing and the Oregon Disabled Business Owners Association. Anya also identifies as a disabled business owner surviving and thriving with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, type 3, mast cell disease, dysautonomia, and POTS, PTSD, and more. So, my goodness, with all that being said, Anya, welcome to the show. Thank you. What a wonderful introduction. I'm glad to be here. I'm thrilled to have you, and it just goes to show, you know, the only, say it all the time, disabilities are what other people put on you. And Absolutely. you put on yourself. Understandable. Totally so, accurate. <laughs> I would love for you to take us on your journey that has led you to doing all that you are doing and especially creating Create for Healing and the Oregon Disabled Business Association, because I think that is so incredibly important. I really do. Well, thank you. So, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting long story that we're going to try to put cliff notes on and <laughs> kind of push it into one space. I didn't expect to be here. This is not the journey that I had expected for myself. I wanted to be a therapist and I had come from a very challenging home environment. So the idea of learning about the brain, learning about human behavior and trying to figure out where I came from and also what I was dealing with aftermath, with the aftermath was something that was really, it just appealed to me. Like I want to understand the workings of human beings. Why do people behave that way? Why do they treat people like that way? And also how can we heal ourselves and move through these things that we maybe have not had an opportunity to move through or have had an opportunity to work on in the way that we would want to work on them. Meaning we may have come from dysfunction that we were so young that we didn't even know we were in dysfunction until we were out of dysfunction. So I decided to go to school to be a therapist. And during the time I was in school, my life shifted quite a bit. I moved from Michigan to St. Louis. And I also moved right before a very challenging time in the world. And it was already difficult being in a new state. It was difficult uh, trying to find work. I was a dental assistant. That was what I enjoyed doing through the years of school because it made really good money. 
and it appealed to me to help people. And uh, yeah, it, moving moving to a different state was exhilarating and terrifying <laughs> all in the same breath. So I was there for a short period of time looking for work, and I walked into a job that I had interviewed for and got hired for, and I was around about seven people that I had never met. And within about an hour, I heard screaming from the break room. So we went running into the break room, and that was 9-11. And I was standing there around, like I said, a a group of people that I hadn't known for an hour in a state that I hadn't been in for a couple months, feeling very uncomfortable. And I just asked them if I could leave. And I walked out, and I never returned. Never called, never wrote. I just, I, it was just too much. I just, I wasn't able to function. I had a really hard time trying to find work because obviously 9-11, everything was shut down. I had a hard time trying to figure out how I was going to take care of myself because no one was hiring. So I went and volunteered at the Red Cross for a while. And then I came to the realization that I was going to have to take care of myself. I had run out of money and I didn't know what I was going to do. And I reached back into a skill that I had gained numerous years ago. And that was web design, graphic design, And these were things I did for fun. It wasn't anything I ever thought I would have a career in. I just did it for fun. I I created record albums. I created websites for myself, for my friends. But I thought perhaps this might be something to look into. Because I also, in all of that with the World Trade Center and the work environment changing, my health was also taking a very large hit from the stress. And I had to come up with a solution. So I called up a couple people I knew. I got an interview, and I walked into an agency, and I was feeling pretty good about it. And they just looked at me, and they're like, nope, come back in about 15 years. <laughs> you, you, you know, you really don't have the skill, and it hurt. It, it was like it was really painful, and there was a lot of rejection. And then I went home, and I said, well, maybe I'll just do it for people I know. And so I started doing it for the people I knew, and now I'm here 24 years, 25, going to be 25 years later. (laughs) So that's how I got here. That's what a story. Uh, You know, it's amazing to me because more and more people are realizing that being self-taught, like you said, you started with friends first Mm -hmm. and grew your skills and everything else. And as your health, started to become a factor, how did that affect what you were working on? Absolutely. I mean, that's a, an, a, an, a remarkable question because when you're dealing with a disability or you're dealing with anything that's really affecting your life greatly and it's making it difficult to be able to take care of yourself and, you know, I don't know, create an income and like feed yourself. You have to learn how to balance that and working a normal environment, doing a nine to five, being responsible. You know, I come from a very high level responsibility, like personality, like I will deliver and I will be there and I will be five minutes early. And I come from extreme responsibility. And when you're dealing with something you don't have control over, it makes it very difficult to be responsible in a way that you can show up for other people. So by doing what I did, I found that I could move in and out of 
the difficult times with also not feeling guilty or shameful. Because before when I'd work for other people, if I was sick, I'd feel awful to have to call in. I just, it would just like make me sick. Like it wasn't like, oh, it's no big deal. Like it would like cause me trauma. (laughs) Like it's just not my personality, right? It would just eat me. And being able to be self-employed, I don't have to tell my clients when I'm having a downtime. No one gets to see that part of me unless I feel that I want that vulnerability. And so that's been a beautiful experience being self-employed. I mean, self-employed is hard work, but being able to work your own schedule, being able to keep things private, and if you can show up and you can do the work, now like with COVID, I'm going to kind of go over here for a minute, we are now having this experience of remote work. A lot of people are doing remote work. A lot of people are doing hybrid work. And companies are finding that people that are doing that are actually producing and doing better work because they're not driving these long distances. They're not feeling pressure between their family. Like you could be sitting here working on something, realize that you forgot to do wash your child's football clothes, and if you're at work, you can do nothing about that, right? You're going to fret about it all day. But if you're at home, you're like, oh, I'll just, I'll just stop what I'm doing. I'll go throw that in. It's no big deal. It's created a, a more of a calm. And so for me, I've always had that because I've had that ability to titrate and work on my own. I think the world is kind of coming into that, realizing that the flexibility is really not just for people who are disabled. The flexibility comes in how we can work healthier and smarter and together in ways that improve the lives of other people. I've been a mompreneur since 1994. So working from home, raising a family, I think think that COVID validated women like us who built their businesses from home. Because again, like I say in our intro, people think you work from home when 9-11 happened, my friend called me. Oh, my God, are you watching TV? I'm like, no, I'm working. She's like, put the TV on. And I put the TV on and then saw everything going on and was just riveted. I mean, I, I yeah. couldn't work after that. Yeah. But people are really under that impression that you're just sitting home. And, yeah, you do have that flexibility of, oh, my gosh, I got to throw a load of laundry in because I didn't get it done. But when my kids were young, I would drive them to school. I would go to my office. I'd have a thermos of tea and a thing of water in my office upstairs. And my next break was when that door opened because they came home on the bus at three o'clock. And then I would stop and do what they had to get done. And, you know, so I think COVID validated because people realize the discipline it takes to work from home Mm -hmm. because it really does. And now, especially, you know, when, as mompreneurs and businesswomen, you're by yourself. Now, all of a sudden during COVID, your significant other's home, your kids are home. That kitchen table that might be your office is now everybody working at it and Mm -hmm. stuff. So it was such a juggling act. But again, I think it really validated and made people realize, as you were saying, Uh, businesses are seeing their employees are more productive because you know what? Nobody's stopping by their desk. They're not hanging out at the water cooler. They can just focus on getting something done and then be done with it. And so it it does. It just adds a completely different dynamic. Absolutely. Working at home. So for you, Mm -hmm. did you find that, did you have problem with your bandwidth and things like that? I mean, for me, as they were laying new track, it, it interfered 
with me being able to record and things like that because now everybody was working from home. Did you have a stopgap like that? I didn't because I've been doing this for so long. And for me, it was just easy. Like I found it to be like the majority of people in my life that had problems were people with kids and people with large families and people that had to like kids were going to school and spouses are home. And, you know, now we have to figure out what we're all doing. I have a partner. He worked outside of the house, got laid off. And after about six months of trying to find work, I just said, come work for me. Like, let's build this. Let's do it together. And actually we become a team. We get along better, which is shocking. Like we're together all the time, like morning and night. Like we get up together, we work out together, we work together, we eat lunch together, we eat dinner together, we play together and do art and things and play with our dogs at night. And we've never been closer. But we also don't have a lot of outside interference, though. You know what I mean? Like you have, there's not a lot of outside things that are like really a part of our life because of my disease process. I really can't be going out very much. I can't be subjected to certain types of circumstances. And this was already my life for the last 18 years before COVID. I was already wearing masks. I was already isolated. And so for me, you know, I'm in therapy. I've been in therapy my whole life. I love therapy. I encourage people, if you've never been to a therapist and you need help, please. Therapy is amazing. They can be your best, best, like, allies in the world. Um, but being in therapy, I, I mentioned to, you know, my therapist, I was like, it's just so unfair that I started to get better. I started to actually, you know, I got a diagnosis and I got all this information right before, like right before COVID hit and my whole world was opening up and I was able to go out. And then the world was like, no, we're going to, we're going to join you. We're going to wear masks. We're going to, like, lock in. I was like, this is not how we're supposed to go. Like, I'm supposed to be joining you. But for me, everybody else in the world was always living a pretty normal life, right? And I always felt like it was kind of difficult because I couldn't be a part of or I couldn't do certain things. And now I seem to kind of be a hero in my friends group because I'm like, it's for me, it's like old hat. I already lived this. It's 18, it's like almost two decades of my life. Like this does not cause, I've already gone through the loss of isolation. I've already gone through the loss of how my life had to change and shift. It doesn't matter what people believe about COVID. If they think it's real, if they think it's not real, the world has changed based on it, period. How we work, how we shop, how we interact, how, we, how our families interact, how our friends interact, how our kids interact. There's nothing that has not been touched by this. And for me, it's it's no different. So that's one of the reasons I'll kind of segue why why I started Create for Healing. Because I thought, you know, I'm doing really good. Like, you know, I've been, I've been uh, working out to do this for a long time. <laughs> like, you know, like, I'm a pro. And so Create for Healing was something where I realized so many people that I had looked at as stable people in my life that had normalcy, that were able-bodied, that had normal families and just like, generally live life in normalcy where now their marriages were falling apart. You know, their kids were having mental health crises to the extremes. And so Create for Healing is a website where we offer educational courses and blogs coupled with challenging topics. So depression, anxiety, identity, narcissistic abuse, anything that you can kind of think of 
that would be challenging, it's coupled with creativity and also writing either way. So looking at different ways to be able to work through these challenging times with creativity. A lot of people think that creativity is, you know, you must be an artist or you must do it good. And it's not that. Uh, a man working on a car is creativity. Uh, a woman or man in gar working in a garden is creativity. Changing your furniture around. I mean, generally, by using your hands and doing something, it's creativity. And by doing that, we can move energy and move through the challenging parts in our life because we're all having challenges. All of us, every single one of us has life challenges. And if we don't address them and we don't don't connect with those challenges, we keep pushing it down, it's going to come back at some point and haunt you. On that note, think of what Anya just said. We are going to take a quick break, say thank you to our sponsors, and we'll be back in just a moment here on Word of Mom Radio. She is brave. She is bold. She is you. And we want to tell your story. Are you ready to share your journey with us on Word of Mom Radio? Go to wordofmomradio.com and register as a guest. We want to tell your story because when you win, we all win. We all know a survivor. Some of our friends and family have made it through difficult times. Some of us don't make it. Losing a loved one to cancer, a car accident, or any other unfortunate event can be crippling and unavoidable. But one of the hardest subjects to talk about is suicide. Too often, our youth decide that leaving this place is easier than facing the struggle forced upon them every day. More than one in four children go through some form of bullying or another. Most of us survive with scars, but for some... The inner demons created cannot be recognized or treated in time to ensure they make it through. Bullying in every form is very much avoidable. It starts with me and it starts with you. This is Kelly Carius from No Such Thing as a Bully reminding you to do your part when you see bullying happen. If you don't know what that is, call 403-447-4404 or go to nosuchthingasabully.com. Don't let the name fool you. Stadiumbags.com is not just for sports fans. Our clear bags make it easier for you to get into any venue that you go to. And in today's world where we are so concerned about germs, the materials that our bags are made with are strong enough to stand up to the solvents that you can use to clean your bag so you know you come home safely. So check out stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we are the clear choice because safety, it's in the bag. And we are back here on Word of Mom Radio. We are talking to the CEO of Rise Visible, Anya Khan. And I'm loving what you were saying because I think very often people don't realize the things that they can do to create that normalcy again. You know, and it's a new normal. It's a new, I, I, which I hate that phrase, but it is because... It is. You know, I mean, sooner or later, you know what? It's a flu. It's the flu like every other. I've, I've got my vaccinations. I've got my booster. I still got it. We're all going to get it. One way or the other, we're going to wind up with it. And you know what? I was sick for a day. And then, you know, I'm like, okay, great. Now I have some more immunity. But for many people like you, people that already had autoimmune things, different challenges, it had to be interesting to see everybody else in the panic of something that was part of your normal life. You know, mm -hmm. because I, I, I'm serious. I mean, I, it's funny. My two kids, my two sons that are married and have babies, they they loved it. They were home with their wife. They were home with their child. 
they had amazing times. It gave my son really time to bond with his son and stuff like that and create a part of their relationship that they didn't have. And it brought them all closer together. And then, as you said, there are those people that it just, you know, everything imploded because everything that was wrong in their life now all of a sudden was right in front of their face. They didn't have a job to run away to and a place to get into the car for. So in that Create for Healing, which I think is such an important site, how have you reached out to people with that? Sure. So we we have a Facebook group that we run, and then there's a lot of people in there. So when they take courses, they will group in there, and they'll share things that they've done with each other. We've done a little bit of marketing, um, not a ton of it just because we went really headstrong in it. So I got diagnosed with mast cell disease in 2018, and that shifted where I was in life quite a bit because I got a medication that made me go from having three to five allergic reactions a day down to like five a month, which is huge. But July 2021 is when I got my EDS, Ehlers-Danlos um, diagnosis, and that was like the umbrella of it all. And in that moment, that's when I was like, I got to find a way to do this. So I just went really headstrong into it, did a little bit of social media marketing, partnered with some people, and partnering with other websites really brought traffic to us. We ended up partnering with this amazing website called Willowing, and they did this art for, what was it called, Art for Earth, and so we donated one of our courses and then people, you know, we, we, I think we gained like 200 new students to the website. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was awesome. So we also put out a newsletter once a month, and then we had to kind of slow it down a little bit. Because when it had strong, and we were doing, you know, three to four courses a, a month, and, you know, I already run a full-time job, <laughs> you know, as well as, you know, the art career I have on the side, I'm showing in galleries and stuff. So I have deadlines with that and, you know, all the other things that I do. So we've kind of slowed it down a little bit to one course a month and just, it's a steady build. You know, people can find on there always something new, something new is coming up. The newsletter puts out these beautiful writing prompts or thoughtful um, affirmations each week so that people can get inspired and kind of keep with it. Because what we found on that website is that people and in our group, that people who are on that healing journey, they, they're always ready for a little bit more. Want to read a little bit more. want to understand a little bit more. I want to move. And if people are not completely ready, by keeping information rolling, they can kind of roll into it when they're ready. Like, oh, that feels right. Or that conversation is a conversation that I want to have. I want to shift gears and go back to Rise Visible. Sure. And so who's your target? Who's your target market? And where do you find is really your sweet spot with them? So my target market is really anybody in the business world, usually small businesses that are in need of wanting to become visible. They're not able to get into their market. They may not be able to connect on social. They may not be able to connect with sales they want. They may want to connect with writing newsletters, but aren't really sure how to do that, or they don't really have a website that's converting, or their SEO is failing. Basically, the entire package of what a small business would need, we either have people come to us that are needing pieces and parts of it, like, oh, I need a website, or I need this, or we have people coming in right from the beginning of branding and naming, 
and moving through the entire process of building out their website, building out their social, building out their newsletters, building out how they're going to do content marketing. And we decided as a company that does marketing that we were not going to be specific and say we work with attorneys or we we work with teachers or we work with this because for, for me and for my team, we like different people. I get bored easy. I'm extremely neurodivergent. And I get bored really easy. That's probably why I know so many different things. Because it's like, oh, I just mastered that. I'm going to master this. You know, and I've had to kind of like, okay, let's put this in a little, let's not do that. But in that, if I am working with all these different types of people, it really helps me leverage other, other clients as well for themselves. Like, okay, I learned a lot about a bakery and I've worked with you. Now I'm working with this kind of company and I've noticed this has worked really well in food, right? Instead of just, and I know that from a marketer, and I'm going to just say this generally, as a marketer, you really, and I'm going to tell everybody out there, do not do what I do in marketing. You need to have a target market. You need to have a niche. You need to pin that down. Are you going after bakeries? Are you more going after realtors? For me, I don't want to do that. I like people too much to pigeonhole into a type of business I work with. If you're passionate and love what you do, you crave to connect with your audience authentically, then you're my people. I love that. As we are wrapping up, can't believe how fast time goes. What do you want to leave our listeners with, Anya? And how may they reach out to you? I would just love to leave your listeners with, we talked a lot here today about the challenging and shifting times. And I think it's important for people out there who are right in the middle of all of this, wherever they are along their journey, to just recognize that we are all in this together. We just are as people. We are in this together. And that's how we get through things. That really is the mantra that I feel that we should all be doing. Rather than being divisive and finding our differences, where are our commonalities? Where are the places? Because we're all human. We all want to be loved. We all want to be accepted. We all want to succeed. We all want the same thing. I love that. And how can everybody reach you, Anya? Sure. They can find me at risevisible.com as well as on any social network. You can type in the same thing. And you can also find me under my own name, anyacon.com. I have social under that too. I want to thank you so much for coming and sharing Rise Visible and also your journey because it is such an interesting journey. And again, you know, people with different challenges, sometimes the biggest challenge is just other people's attitudes about it. Totally. You know? So good for you for leading the charge for 24 years you know, <laughs> in your field, just letting people know that, you know, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can get it done however you need to get it done. So good for Adaptability you. Adaptability is amazing, isn't it? It really is. And you know, that computer is really an equalizer because as you were saying earlier, it doesn't matter if you have to work on something at 3 a.m. because at 3 p.m. you physically can't. It doesn't matter. It will get done when it gets done and your client doesn't need to know the ins and outs of everything that goes on. So again, I just applaud you for what you are doing and thank you for sharing with us in our business spotlight. And for all of you tuning in, Thank you so much for being here. Make sure you check out Rise Visible. And we're going to close out with our fabulous theme song from Smith Sisters and the Sunday Drivers. So till next time, this is Dory DiCarlo saying go out and create a marvelous you. Bye for now. She is sure. She is, sure. She is strong. She is, strong. She is true. She is true.